0: Thank you, Valoa, trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins!
1: Alone, looking for his first hit of the year. He drives
0: one! Deep left field! Back goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness.
1: What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of The Red Shirt. Podcast, another week of football. You know what that means? Another weekly football rundown with our full predictions. Uh, and when I say we, this week I refer to myself and reoccurring guest, Mr. Jackson Powers. Jackson, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jeremy?
1: I am good. Ready to discuss some football. We'll, me and you, we're we're doing the NFL. We'll we'll get right into it. Um, this week on the slate, Thursday night. The New York Giants take on the Washington football team, the football team, a three and a half point favorite.
0: So I am taking the over on the football team here. Uh, the Giants offense looks pitiful. And I, I really don't trust that to change in against a defense that is as good as the Washington football team. Theirs was, they had a really good defense last year, and they didn't really have any kind of changes over the offseason. They looked good against the Chargers uh, this is still a very strong defensive unit we're seeing from Washington, and uh, the Giants are not going to be able to overcome that here. Uh, I forgot to mention the score. I have I have Washington winning twenty four to fourteen, uh, so beating that three and a half point spread. Um, Daniel Jones still has a turnover problem. He had a it was only one fumble, but it it was not a good fumble by any means. He he has he's got to work on that. So we'll see we'll see if he ends up overcoming that this year. But I don't have very high hopes. Uh, I thought with how much they bolstered their wide receiving core, I thought they, they kind of underperformed. Uh, granted, they played Denver, who I was really high on their defense. Uh, and I think they have a potential to have top three, maybe even top one defensive unit in the league. But I, I thought that uh, Giants wide receiving core looked pretty underwhelming. And uh, again, against the defensive unit as strong as Washington, not sure how much I'm seeing that changing. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has officially hit the IR, which means it is Taylor Heineke time. And from what I've seen, I think from the two-game sample size we've received, Taylor Heineke is a quality QB. Is he top 10 by any perspective? No. I wouldn't even throw him in the top 16 yet due to his tiny sample size. But Taylor Heineke can get it done for Washington. And I think if he remains the starter throughout the season, I see them – uh, in the playoffs and maybe even beating Dallas in that division. Uh, Taylor Heineke likes to throw it to Terry McLaurin, which uh, Fitzpatrick didn't wasn't really looking his way. But McLaurin fantasy owners uh, fear not because Heineke is going to get it to your guy. All in all, to sum this game up, I think great defense is just going to shut down the Giants, and I have him losing by ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you did a really good job hitting the nail on the head. I also have Washington winning this game. I have them covering this game by a score of 23 to 17. Um, regardless of if we're right or wrong on whether the football team wins or not, I think that uh, it's pretty clear to me that this is going to be a low-scoring game for a number of reasons. Um, I think that starts off with the Giants' offense, and that is that, like you mentioned, Daniel Jones is their quarterback. Um you know, I've seen, I've seen worse performances than how he played last week. He wasn't, it wasn't all bad, but you mentioned the turnover problem. He has um, had a crucial fumble, and you just you can't do things like that consistently and be considered, you know, a, a good starting quarterback. And not only is he, you know, last week played a good Denver, you know, not a bad Denver defense by any means, but now you take on this Washington unit that I really think is one of, if not the best defenses in all of football. Um, you saw, you know, the Chargers had some success here and there against them. But overall, you know, it's not like they had a great, incredible offensive outing last week. And that's the Chargers, who they have budding quarterback Justin Herbert, who doesn't have that turnover problem and just had a historic rookie year. Um, and that, you know, just a more better, just a better unit in general than the Giants have, you know, regardless of how you feel about the Giants, positive or negative. The Chargers better offense than the Giants. Um, so you have the Giants coming in here. And I just don't, I don't love their look against the football team. I think we're not going to see, you know, that much from Saquon. I think that's partially because this Washington football team defense is really good. And I think is going to do a good job of stifling them, uh, overwhelming their poor offensive line and getting to Saquon and Daniel Jones in the past game. But also just because I think Saquon is still getting fully healthy and I I feel like we probably we probably alluded to this during our season preview that I don't expect Saquon to really be a major major factor close to what Saquon what the Saquon we know produces until closer to midseason just because of you know the injury and the offensive line around him um I think it'll take some time. Then flip side uh, Taylor Heineke in at quarterback I think obviously it's it hurts to lose ryan fitzpatrick um for a number of reasons he's a veteran guy um you kind of know what you're getting getting and i think in general he's a lot more proven than taylor heineke and i think the dynamic of the offense may change a little bit in the sense that with a guy like ryan fitzpatrick uh sometimes you'll see his teams just you're, you're, you ryan fitzpatrick isn't the most conservative quarterback he's a guy that he's going to let it loose um, He's going to have some really good games, going to have some poor games where he throws interceptions. I think with Taylor Heineke, we're going to see it be a little more conservative. But I think with that being said, like you said, it's a very small sample size. Um, but Heineke's done what's been asked of him. He's played well. And I think that, you know, you lean on the run game, hope you get a, you know, get good production from Antonio Gibson. Um and kind of turn that into being able to get easy looks for Heineke, get him into the game, look for his guy, Terry McLaurin. I mean, look, you saw that play that he made last week was ridiculous. I mean, Terry McLaurin's just an absolute goon. I, and so look his way, you know, feed him the ball. And I think in general, Washington doesn't need Heineke to have a superstar performance uh, to win this football game. They need to take care of the ball, because we know that on the Giants side that they struggle with that. Um, as long as the football team can take care of the ball, um, that's the key to the game on both sides. I think if the Giants can take care of the football, they'll ha- they will have their chance. I think in general, this is going to be a close game by nature of that, not two high-powered offenses in their own right right now. Um, in general, though, I like the football team, and I have them covering 23-17 football team. Next, to our Sunday slate, we open with the New England Patriots, who are five-and-a-half-point road favorites against the New York Jets.
0: So Jeremy, I'm sorry to do this to your favorite team, but I have the Patriots covering their spread winning 26 to 17. So this is the battle of the two rookie quarterbacks. We got Zach Wilson taken second overall and Mac Jones taken at, I believe 15 uh, from what I could, from what I saw, one of these quarterbacks looked really strong and one looked and eh, could have been better. And The one that I was really high on was Mac Jones. I thought he dealt with pressure well. His decision-making was there. um, And I think he played a good game against a Dolphins defense that is a pretty strong unit. And I think uh, Patriots fans should be optimistic for this guy. Zach Wilson, I think it was less of he didn't impress me and more of I think the Jets have kind of set him up for failure. When he was at BYU, Zach Wilson never really faced any major uh, pass rush. He had some of the cleanest pockets ever. He was he was throwing in open fields. And now, with how bad the Jets' offensive line looks, um, add insult to injury, Mackay Beckton's out for a pretty long stretch of time. Uh, his his offensive line doesn't look good. And when when this happens, you either need to be able to escape pressure, which we haven't really seen if he's good at, or get the ball off quick. And it doesn't really look like the Jets are drawing up any kind of plays that let him get the ball off quick he looks like he kind of has to hold it for a while for these routes to develop and I want to see uh, I think if the Jets want to have success this year they kind of need to implement that into their game plan Uh, the Patriots defense looks strong and and that was something I was pretty confident about going into this season they have a lot of guys coming back that didn't play in 2020 COVID opt-outs they look good and Usually any kind of Belichick defense is going to look good, but this, this past deep Pat's defense, excuse me, looks like it's kind of returned to form. And I think it's going to be a little bit too much for Zach Wilson and the Jets Patriots are going to win 26, 17 book it.
1: You know, we have very similar scores. I have the new England Patriots beating my New York football jets, 27 to 17 and I could talk about the Jets for a very long time. I could make every episode about the Jets if I wanted to, but the short story about what the Jets looked like last week is that Zach Wilson didn't have the finest game I've seen from a quarterback, but I think given the circumstances and the fact that he did not have any sort of protection, um, the just colossal failure. And it was more than just the offensive line. The offensive line played horrible, even with even when Makai was healthy, really no, no one played well. And then running backs weren't picking up protection. Wide receivers weren't getting separation. There were, I think, maybe four or five drops. Um, all things considered, I don't want to say that Zach Wilson played very well, but I want to say he, that he played well all things considered. And I think in a game like that, what you really got to look at is uh, just certain throws that he made and take it, you know, each throw for what it is considering how porous the offensive line was and um, just the situation that the Jets are in. Jets were weird though, because um, I think a lot of people, including myself, expected the offense to be somewhat competent, not necessarily incredible, but for the offense to be okay. And for the defense to get torched, mainly because the Jets' secondary is not good the, saf- the safeties aren't bad obviously you have marcus may um but our cornerbacks you know i think lsu alabama and maybe some other colleges have, have legitimately more talented and better cornerback groups or at least so i thought because that's the thing is the jets um outside of one big touchdown uh, to robbie anderson who did his low jet celebration um the Jets cornerbacks and defense in general, they they held their own for the most part. So, you know, with the Jets, it's a rebuilding year, uh, building block year. The, my main takeaway from the Jets was that they showed fight. You know, they were down 16 nothing at half. And in the end, it was a game. Like, it really, um, it might not have felt like it because just the way the Jets play, it doesn't feel like they have any sort of success. But they were in it. And I think in general, the Jets are going to compete. Um, I think they're going to keep a lot of games close. And obviously you don't get anything for losing a game by one versus losing a game by 100. But I think in general, the Jets are going to be a competitive team. And I, you know, they'll steal some wins, but I don't think this is the week where they steal the win. Mac Jones looked pretty impressive. I think he did his job Um, in general, you know, it's just about rookie quarterback with the weapons around him and with the defense that they have. Uh, as is the case with really just any quarterback because it's as simple as that you don't want to turn the ball over but in Mac's case this team can win he just needs to be efficient um, with his passes and don't turn that ball over because he he has the targets to get it done the two tight ends obviously that they brought over Jonu and Henry Uh, the receivers they improved on as well Um, you have a deep backfield And Mac Jones, like, I think he looked pretty good. I think that he's going to be able to replicate that against the Jets. Um, I think the Jets cornerbacks, I wouldn't expect them to play as well as they did last week, just because of how, how incredible they really played last week. Um, So I think in general, the Patriots are the better team. And I think that it'll show on both sides, just outplaying them. And I think really where the Jets, struggled and will struggle again this week was the trenches. I think the offensive line will be, despite the loss of Makai Becton, I think the offensive line will be slightly better this week just because this collective unit uh, really hasn't played together at all until this week, and I think once once Mekhi Becton was hurt um, and Morgan Moses entered the game at right tackle, George Fant moved to left tackle, uh, Moses looked a lot better and Fant actually played better on that side. But in general, I don't think the Jets are built to win the trenches yet, um, especially offensive line wise. So the Patriots will win this game by a nice 10 point margin, 27 to 17 Patriots. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Next game, we have the Los Angeles Rams four point road favorites against the Indianapolis Colts.
0: So uh, I think you're probably going to notice this as a trend, but I have a lot of teams covering the over, and one of those teams is the Rams. I have them winning 35 to 20. Uh, Matt Stafford is exactly what this offense needed. It is it is weird to see a Rams quarterback who is decisive and is is making throws that not every quarterback could make. I Goff was was really holding back. McVay and and his creative scheming. And um, uh, I, I think Matt Stafford is a wonderful fit for the success of this offense. Uh, Van Jefferson in their game against the Bears really stepped up as the wide receiver three. The Rams didn't really have that guy you know, they got Cup and Woods, two star receivers, but they didn't really have a guy who stepped up into that third position. And uh, I think Van Jefferson fills that hole. He He looked really good. He had a lot of production against a fairly strong defense in the bears. And, and I think, I think he's in for more of that this year. Uh, The Colts, they did not look good against Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle's defense looked better than it did last year, but the Colts could not get anything explosive going. They were like, they, they could run the ball. They, but they were just, they could get a consistent five to eight yard gain, but it was it was just slow drives down the field and and their drives were not quick enough that they were uh, to, uh, they weren't immune to turnovers. And And I think that that offense just didn't move the ball downfield enough. I don't trust them, especially going up and even better going up against an even better secondary and an even better defensive line. Uh, I think this Colts offense is going to have some nightmare, nightmares. Excuse me. Um, Wentz did not look terrible. I was expecting Wentz to look inaccurate, but he was uh, he he was facing a lot of pressure and he got out of it for a good chunk. Uh, he was he was making some accurate throws. He did not look as bad as I had predicted him to do, but I don't think Wentz is a guy that is leading this team to the playoffs. Uh, all in all considering how bad the Colts looked against Seattle's defense, I don't think they're picking it up against uh, the Rams defense, who is objectively better in almost every sense of the matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. And I think that um, this will be a pretty similar game to how uh, last week's game for the Colts went against the uh, Seahawks. It's just that, this Rams team, and you mentioned it, they looked so good, and against not a slouch of a defense, you know they weren't playing the Jets. No, I mentioned the Jets defense is awesome now, but they, you know, they were playing a legitimate Chicago Bears defense, um, and just looked incredible. Like I don't think what how many they scored, uh, how many points did they end up scoring. They scored thirty four. Like it felt like they they it felt like they did that with ease, um, and so I think it's going to be a lot of the same. And I think in general the Colts. You know, there's there's room to turn it around for the Colts. I just think this is a brutal start to the year. Um, I expect Stafford to keep on clicking. I love the way that their offense is built. And I can only imagine how even more lethal it would be uh, with the healthy Cam Akers. But Stafford looked the part. Cup and Woods, you know you're getting there. You mentioned Van Jefferson, um, awesome third receiver. And then you have guys like Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Outwell who compliment them super well with the speed, the way that they can – uh run and just make plays uh the Colts you know I think maybe with a little improvement defensively this week obviously they weren't stellar against your Seattle Seahawks um but I think in general very similar game I don't think the Colts are going to have a lot of offensive success you mentioned the lack of explosive plays I think that will continue um and yeah, what, what more to say? I think it's going to be a lot like last week. I have a, a similar score, 28 to 19 Rams. Uh, next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Chicago Bears. Bears, a uh, field goal favorite.
0: So I have been very critical of the Bengals. Um, I do have them covering the spread this week, but the Bears, I think, are going to win 26-24. Um, I think this first I've I've gotten some hate from, from how critical I've been with the Bengals and uh, Bengals fans don't expect an apology just yet, but if you guys play for these next few weeks, anything similar to that first game, um, I'll I'll have to take back some of my Jamar chase and Joe Burrow takes. They, they looked, they, they exceeded my expectations by quite a bit against Minnesota. Joe Burrow was mobile. And was able to stretch the ball downfield, and those were um, some some big critiques we had coming into this game. I it was, will Joe Burrow be able to escape pressure on that knee injury? And uh, last year he threw four hundred passes, not one was completed for thirty yards or more downfield. So the, the narrative was, oh, Joe Burrow can't can't stretch the ball downfield. He had a out of fifty yard touchdown to Jamar Chase and. It was, it was a good throw. He evaded pressure, and he, he threw him, He threw a good deep ball. Uh, Jamar Chase was another guy I'd been critical of. He looked terrible during the preseason and camp. He, he couldn't get any separation. Uh, he, he couldn't catch the ball. He had, he had a domestic violence accusation. Nothing was going Jamar Chase's way, and he played really well week one. There was, there was one route against, I think it was Xavier Rhodes, who pretty highly regarded cornerback. But um, he, he made a kind of a fake going out and then went in and Z- it looked like Xavier Rhodes got sniped, like, like he went down, J- Jamar Chase destroyed him. And, and I think um, if, if he can keep, keep that up, he will make my takes about him look so bad. Uh, I wasn't super impressed with the Bengals defense, and I kind of knew that going in. But um, they, they look better. Than, than what I had originally thought. Now with the Bears, their offense looks really, really limited with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Fields was the guy I was super high on. I understand starting Dalton against the Rams. The Rams is not a defense that you want to throw in your brand new rookie quarterback in for his first ever game. But I think if the Bears really want to win this game, Justin Fields is their answer. He is much better at extending the play. He can evade pressure so much better. Um, more accurate, can stretch the ball downfield. And, and he is a guy who can make something out of nothing. And Bears fans haven't seen that in their quarterback in so long. They're certainly not getting it out of Dalton. Fields is going to be the answer this season if they want to win some games. Um, one, so, so like I said, Burrow had a fit. Oh my gosh, excuse me. Burrow had escaped pressure at a pretty high rate last week against the Vikings, So I thought it had a pretty good defensive line. Um, Can they stand that test, though, against an even better defensive line? You know, you got Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. This defensive line is really strong. Can Burrow uh, be just as good in the pocket? Can this offensive line hold up? Uh, And if they can, I think Bengals fans can have some expectations for the remainder of this year.
1: Yeah, so I think that uh, this is an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, The Bengals, obviously, big week one win. Um, Shout out Cooper Lida. Um, Go Bengals, of course. I don't quite see myself taking the Bengals, although I think you made it, you know, you outlined some points that they played well. And I think there's a path to victory, especially with Chicago's offense being fairly limited with Andy Dalton at quarterback. But even with assuming that Dalton is the quarterback for this week and, you know, all majority of the game, I think that Chicago is going to find more offensive success this week. You know, they scored two touchdowns against the Rams. Uh, but this, you know, this Bengals defense is not not at the Rams level by any means. Uh, we saw David Montgomery, he eclipsed 100 yards and touchdown last week, even against the Rams defense. I think he's going to, uh, I'd expect another pretty good week for Montgomery. And all things told, like Andy Dalton wasn't great. Um, you know, the way that he played certainly is not what you expect or want from with a team that has, you know, playoff ambitions. But I think that, Outside of, you know, that first drive interception, he was, he was fine. He wasn't great, but he was fine. He got the job done. And that's the thing is if Montgomery can run the ball well, they can run the ball well. Um, you don't have to worry about a cornerback name. Uh, you know, you, you, there, there's no one on the Bengals defense that's going to match Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald. Um, so I think you, we could expect a better week from Alan Robinson more than the six catches for 35 yards. Um no, do I think that means the Bears have some sort of offensive explosion? By no means no, but I think 14 against the Rams, I think they're going to, you know, pick it up a little bit against a significantly worse Bengals defense. Uh, Bengals offense, you mentioned that they, I mean, Joe Burrow looked really good, um, really complete game. got the job done. Uh, Jamar Chase proven, proven the doubters wrong. Uh, Even a pretty good game from Joe Mixon. They gave him, you know, a lot of volume. It had like over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think that some of that success can be translated to next week, but the ferocious pass rush is what I really think pass rush is what will do in the Bengals for this week. I think that even with Burrow, you know, looking mobile, looking healthy, he still got sacked five times uh, by Minnesota, and I think – when you got Khalil Mack going at you and that ferocious D line, I think that he's going to be in similar uh, sack trouble. And I think that just getting behind the sticks in that situation uh, is going to ultimately hurt the Bengals. And in the end, the Bears will take this. And I'm not taking the Bears to cover, but I think this should be a good, close game to the end. 26 uh, 20 Bears. Leads us to our next game. That's the Houston Texans against the Cleveland Browns. Browns, 12 and a half point favorites.
0: So, I am as high on the Browns as the next guy. They are my predicted Super Bowl champions. But the Texans just looked too good against the Jaguars for me to have the Browns covering this spread. I have the Browns winning 35 uh, 24. Texans still covering that massive spread. Um, Tyrod Taylor looked way better than I had ever thought he was going to look. He looked like a competent thrower. Granted, Jacksonville's defense is no scary sight, but he he looked good. He looked good in the pocket. He was accurate. Um, I am really interested to see if he can keep up that kind of play against a defense with the caliber of the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Brown- I thought – I had predicted the Browns to beat the Chiefs, and I think that was – very close to going my way. You know, they had, they had the punter fumble. They, the, the, the defense kind of choked at the end and Baker threw that last interception. Uh, I think I, I'm not mad about my Browns take. I think they should have won that game. Um, but going back to going back to Texas, uh, they, their defense matched up well against the Jaguars. Now, the Browns is going to be a much harder matchup for, for that defense. Uh, I think Urban Meyer is a terrible head coach. I'll get into that more later when, it's, uh, when we're on the Jaguars. But uh, I'm not really sold on this defensive unit quite yet. Uh, and I think that's kind of why the Browns are putting up 35 points. The, the Texans are still going to have a, a competent offensive showing. But uh, the Browns are going to take this one by 11 points, really extending that spread. But uh, I still have the Texans covering.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, 12 and a half is a lot, especially in the NFL. Um, And the Texans, there's no denying that they looked good last week. But the same can be said about the Browns. When, you know, looking good doesn't always equate to wins, especially comparing the Jaguars of Jacksonville versus the defending AFC champions. Um, and with that being said, I think the Cleveland Browns are going to roll. I, I have no doubts that I think Cleveland's going to dominate this game. Uh, it's no disrespect to Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans. They, they looked phenomenal. Uh, Tyrod looked awesome. Even, you know, Mark Ingram didn't play bad. But I just don't think any of that is, you know, going to be replicated this week against a much better Browns team, I think. The Texans winning Week One against you know when they're not expected to, um, I think it has a lot of shades of uh, last year's Jacksonville team that won their first game and then didn't win another one. That's not to say that I think that this will, will necessarily be their only win, the Jacksonville, but um, I don't I don't think that the Texans are going to compete in this one. I think the Browns. Uh, are going to be able to impose their will both offensively and defensively. I think that they're going to be able I think, you know, this is a must-start week for uh, Nick Chubb, fantasy owners, and even I think Kareem Hunt will probably get in on the action too. Um, Baker, I mean, look, after going against, you know, the high intensity of Kansas City where every throw matters, I think that they're just going to blow the Texans out of the water. I think it'll be an easy day. Um, Texans might, you know, I think the Texans, they're not getting like shut out by any means, but I don't, I don't really see that offense, you know, their offensive performance being replicated against a significantly better Browns defense. So long story short, I have the Browns winning in a blowout 37, 17, Um, leading us to an AFC East matchup, the Buffalo bills against the Miami dolphins, the dolphins three point home underdogs.
0: So I have the bills covering the spread. Uh, Bills 24 to 14. The Dolphins last game, uh, lost. To, did they lose? Dolphins they lost, lost to the Patriots, yeah. They, they no, no, lose. no. So, wait, it was no. a one point game. It was Set a one point wrong. game.
1: I, right? Okay. The don yeah, the, do- the Dolphins, yeah, I said that Dolphins, the one 17 to 16 against the Patriots.
0: Okay, okay, I knew it was a one point game, couldn't, couldn't remember which. Um, anyways. The, the Dolphins' offense really did not look that strong against New England. Granted, New England's a pretty good defense, but so are the Bills. The Bills, uh, they made Big Ben, who is who is a pretty bad quarterback, don't get me wrong. They did not make that offense look good. Najee Harris had struggles. Um, they, they couldn't move the ball downfield. That That Bills' defense looked good. Where their issue was came from the offensive side of the ball. I know Josh Allen struggled. I am still very high on him. I choose to believe that that bad of a game came from the Steelers defense being very strong and less of Josh Allen regression season. Josh Allen is my MVP candidate. Um, But if he plays anything like that for the rest of the season, he's not going to be touching MVP votes. Uh, I am not a Tua Tagovailoa believer. He... I don't know. There's too many issues with him. He's not he doesn't look confident when he's throwing. Uh, He's not as great under pressure. Um, And I think this was all true last year, but he had plenty of excuses. It was, oh, his wide receivers are hurt. His offensive line looks bad. He's injured. And none of that is true this year. And I still didn't really see that much improvement. So I am. I am still waiting for Tua to prove me wrong, but uh, I, I just don't think, and I don't even think the team is that confident in him. He was not even voted as a captain. And that is very rare for a, a quarterback who is pretty much guaranteed to start. I, I think, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I, I am not a a believer and I don't think he's going to get it done against the Bills this week.
1: Yeah, I have, I do have the Bills, uh, three point favorite on the road. I have them winning and covering Miami is a bizarre game, and I, Miami is just very bizarre. They obviously this off season they add they drafted Jalen Waddle, added uh to his former college teammate Real Tide. Um, they'll have is Will Fuller back? What is he back this week or what week is Will Fuller back? Do we know? Will Fuller is back this week. This okay, all right, first that's first what season. I thought. Just wanted to confirm. So that's another weapon that I think um helps. And the big thing for Miami's, I'm look, I'm a tool believer. There might be some bias in there, but I know that there's the talent there. Um, but I think that a lot of what Miami's done is just kind of shaken them up, whether it was last year, um, whether it be all the swirling rumors about them being in on Deshaun Watson, um, or even just I think what you know people don't look at enough is Miami just their rushing game, especially last week, they just didn't, they weren't. I think they could use to run the ball a little more, improve that run game. You know, I think that stems from also, you know, not the best offensive line, but they're leading rusher miles Gaskin nine yards for 49 yards. And then Malcolm Brown at 16 yards. And that was, that was it. I don't think, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be winning games. If they're expecting to, uh to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I think that they, to a builds off the run game i think he's he's really good in play action um and when basically i think miami moving forward they want to win games they want to compete especially in the afc east when you have two really good defenses they just played new england's they're now about to play buffaloes i think they got to establish the run and that's where you start um it's it's easier said than done obviously um, with their offensive line woes, but I think that's where you find Tua's success is building off of the run game, working into play action, um, and yeah, I'm I'm in the end I'm a Tua believer, and I think Dolphins defense still pretty legit. Um, they gave up some yards to the Patriots, but in the grand scheme of things, there was a lot of bend don't break. They only surrendered 16 points. They made plays when it mattered. Uh, with that being said, the Bills didn't look great uh didn't look great against the Steelers uh Josh Allen looked a little bit more like first couple years Josh Allen albeit minus the turnovers which is good um area I should say without excess excessive turnovers I believe he had one fumble that he lost um but I think as much as I really don't like the Bills as a Jets fan is as, as much as I am not a fan of Josh Allen as a Jets fan Um, I don't think I think this is a classic case of week one, not really speaking for what the season presents. Uh, I think he's going to get back on track. Uh, um, I don't know if that necessarily means gaudy stats this week against a pretty good defense, Um, but I think Josh Allen will look good. And I think what always is um, dangerous for Josh Allen is he has that big arm. But I think maybe I don't even want to call it underrated. But just what's so dangerous about him is the, how mobile he is, and the fact that he can make plays his, with his legs. Uh, and I think that just that's all that's is awesome for the Bows, and that's always going to play um, in general. Devin Singletary they they didn't run the ball that poorly at 72 yards, six and a half uh, carry for Singletary, and then obviously you have Allen figure into that. Um, I think in general. They played a really good Pittsburgh defense. They play another good uh, Miami defense, but I don't, think, I, I don't think it's as good as Pittsburgh, and I think in general they're going to settle down. Uh, they'll win this game. I think it'll be a close game, uh, but the Bills win by a touchdown 27-20. to 20. Next game, San Francisco 49ers, three-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: This is one of the games I'm most confident on. Uh, Niners are going to cover the spread. 30 to 16 is, is my prediction for the score. Niners winning it. Um, every NFC West team looked legit. And I think that was pretty clear for the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals. But the Niners pretty much almost suffered a super late comeback to Jared Goff and the Lions. And I think I'm not going to say that comeback was fraudulent, but that was almost entirely in garbage time. They were the Niners were destroying the Lions for the first three and a half quarters. Um, as soon as those backups came in, uh, Jared Goff and the Lions, they they kind of started to mount a comeback. But but I'm not worried about this Niners defense. Um, they are they're gonna be a much tougher matchup for Jalen Hurts uh as compared to the Falcons last week, who who basically just rolled over. They looked the Falcons looked terrible but I'll get into that more in a minute when we, when we covered their game, Uh, Jalen hurts looks like he has really improved as a quarterback. He uh, looks so much more prolific in the pocket. He is not forcing plays with his legs and, and he looks accurate. I I don't know why Philadelphia has made it such a tough decision of their starting quarterback. They've been going for Deshaun Watson. They went and got Gardner Minshew. Um, I, I am really, I am a guy who's rooting for Jalen hurts because this this organization clearly does not believe in him um I am really rooting for him to prove them wrong but this Niners offense did not look bad with with both Jimmy G and Trey Lanson at QB I think Jimmy G made some questionable plays but uh the running back by committee strategy clearly works Debo Samuel looks like he's going to be their go-to guy along with George Kittle obviously but um this Niners team I think is a lot better than people interpreted after that week one game. Uh, so, so I have the Niners winning 30 to 16. Uh, their defense is going to be too much for Jalen hurts and the Eagles defense is not going to be able to stop, uh, San Fran. I agree with really
1: just about everything you said. Um, starting with San Francisco, they looked good. Um, you know, uh, you, You got to take everything a little bit with a grain of salt when it's against Detroit. And that goes both ways, though. I think that's, you know, scoring 41 points, do I expect them to have that potent of an offense scoring that much a week? Absolutely not. But I also think a lot of that Lions comeback doesn't speak for what their defense is, and I wouldn't expect them to give up 33 points on a regular basis. Um, I'm still, I like Trey Lance a lot more than I like Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but this is another instance where I think, you know, they're not playing the strongest of defenses, and I think Garoppolo can get it done. Um, he looked good overall uh, last week. Uh, and then you look at the running backs. Uh, it's a tough blow where he mostered up for the year. Uh, but former Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajun, uh, Eli Mitchell looked really good over the 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then you, Trey Sermon should hopefully be playing this week. Um, I think, you know, definitely with the – season ending injury to most certain just being a big physical bag I think Shanahan will hope to get contributions from him then you look at the receiving core Debo Samuel had a you know breakout kind of game George Kittle's George Kittle and that's not even figuring into Brandon Ayuk who like played but really was seems like he either wasn't healthy or maybe is in Shanahan's doghouse um Whatever, you know, whatever was going on there, when you figure him into the equation, that makes the offense even better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think losing most hurts, but the way that uh, the 49ers run the ball, the way that they run their offense, I'm not concerned about, you know, who's running and I think they have the guys and they'll be fine, um, especially with former Cajun Eli Mitchell. Philadelphia, I think, you know, it was against Atlanta, but I think what they did in general, I think they were the most impressive team to me. You could argue. Arizona And I think you'd probably be right. But for what was just a interesting matchup between two teams that are hard to project in Atlanta and Philadelphia, Philadelphia just punched him in the mouth. Jalen Hurts looked incredible. Um, I don't know what it is with uh, the Alabama quarterbacks not being trusted or get, you know, given any respect by their respective teams and, you know, possibly shattering their confidence by actively trying to trade for Deshaun Watson but Jalen Hurts looked incredible. I mean, got it done throwing the ball, made some plays with his legs. There was no question about his athleticism, uh, you know, and his his me- mentality, the way that he played. He always played great um, in that sense. But there were legitimate questions about his uh, accuracy, about his arm strength. I mean, look, he he balled out. Uh, again, that's against an Atlanta defense, but he got it done. Um And I think easily my favorite thing of last week was that Devontae Smith, his first catch, first NFL touchdown was in the exact same spot of the exact same stadium when he made the catch for Alabama to beat Georgia in the national championship. uh, The second and 26 play from Tua Tonga-Vailoa to him. uh, Alabama fan side note, but they look good. I mean, you even had Jalen Rager get in on it, score a touchdown. Um, I don't think that, you know playing a pretty sound 49ers team I don't know if they're going to be able to match that this week but I think in general Philadelphia in a tight NFC East possibly if if, you know if it plays out anything close to what it was last year in terms of how tight it was I think that they're better than people you know are going to give them credit for and I think a lot of that stems from my belief in Jalen Hurts that he can somewhat continue this Uh, but with that being said for this week I don't you know, three and a half. I understand it's a road game, but uh, I like the 49ers, 31 21. Speaking of, you know, road games, I believe if I pull up this Adam Schefter tweet uh, this past week, I think, and I think he tweeted this before um, before the uh, Monday night football was that eight underdogs won outright on the weekend, which you could say nine if you include the, uh, the Raiders. Um, which, you know, that's just bizarre. And I think a lot of that has to do with being an outlier, but it's just something interesting. Um, so, yeah, 31-21, 49ers. Next game, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh
0: Steelers. Steelers, a six-point favorite. This is an interesting game because it's a game between two bad offenses, but one of these offenses is paired with a top three-to-five defense in the league. And, and that team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Steelers covering – 21 to 12 will be the final score in my eyes. Um, the Raiders, they had, as of, as of, oh my gosh, excuse me. Um, as of the day we're recording this, recording this on Tuesday. So the, the Monday night game was yesterday. The Raiders played what I think has a great shot to end up being game of the year. Um, that was an amazing game against Baltimore, uh, underdog win, but that struck me more as, Baltimore being lackluster than, than Vegas um, on the rise. I think they should not have put up 33 points on that Baltimore defense. Uh, Lamar was turning the ball over, especially at the end. Uh, I was, I was less shocked at how well the Raiders did as much as I was. Baltimore did not look good. So um, I think their offense is a little bit overrated uh, and I'm not, I don't expect them to do very much at all against the Steelers defense who just gave Josh Allen nightmares. Uh, And like I said, I, I'm high enough on Allen that I believe that that was more of the Steelers defense than it was Josh Allen, maybe coming back to his rookie form. Um, But both of these offenses look bad. I think big Ben hasn't been able to stretch the ball downfield. His, his arm strength is not there at all. Uh, this offense looks really vanilla. A lot of people, especially a lot, a lot of people on Najee Harris, especially his fantasy owners, were really concerned about him. Uh, I think this is his breakout game. It, it is tough. the The Bucks are a tough. Not not the Bucks. Sorry, the Bills are a tough opponent uh, for a rookie running back to have your first game against. the The Raiders are nothing special. He, I think, this is his breakout game. I think he's going to show why he is worth a second-round pick in your fantasy drafts. Uh, I was high on – I think he's the best running back prospect coming out of college. Uh, I think this is his game. Um, All in all, poor offensive play in this game, but the Raiders aren't going to accomplish anything against the Steelers' defense. Steelers are winning 21-12. Yeah,
1: we had – we have a lot of agreements, you know, throughout this podcast, and I think this one – is really, uh, or we are 100% in sync on this one. The Steelers, obviously, uh, an upset win against Buffalo. You mentioned the way that they just, and we talked about it when we we're talking about the Bills, the way that they made Josh Allen look like his rookie self. And after the way he played last year, I think that really just speaks to how incredible this Steelers defense is and the way that it, it is going to win them games. We can be skeptical of the offense, which I will, you know, you talked about and I'll talk about in a second, but that, that defense is crazy and they may made a good big play on special teams blocking a punt. Um, and that's how you win football games like that. They did it without a strong pass game. You know, I don't, not a believer in big Ben at all. I don't see it. You know, it's not like he has a lack of weapons. I just don't think big Ben's it. Um, you know, the offensive line, they've lost a lot, uh, little ever changing, but I think in general, they played a tough Bills team. You know, the Bills have a good defense. I think uh, the Raiders, they're going to be able to feast a lot more. Uh, and in, in just in general, they're going to, I don't know if we're going to see prolific pass numbers, but I think definitely I'm totally with the big game for Najee. Um, because the thing is even with his struggles last week, we saw that they lost no faith in him. He He was getting all the carries. And I think, um, against this defense, the Raiders' defense—it's very pedestrian. They'll um, he'll break through and really get that done. On the other side, it was a it was a good win for the Raiders, but I just don't think that, I don't think that it's repeatable. And that's the thing—is there a lot when you look at week one? There's it's all about change versus continuity. It's like it's like an AP history class. You know, you're looking at what you think is gonna continue, what you think is isn't. Um, and the Raiders—I don't I don't think that they're gonna they're going to win this game. I think that, you know, Derek Carr played pretty well in general, you know, um, against the Ravens last week, did enough to win that football game, but they, when you look at their run game, they didn't run the ball. Um, Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher, but with 10 yards for 34 or 10 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns, you can't, you're not going to be able to be that one dimensional against the, against the Steelers. It's not going to happen um obviously you know Darren Waller is an X factor super hard to cover but I don't I don't think that Vegas is going to come anywhere close to I, I don't I think they're going to be in the teens offensively I just think that this Pittsburgh defense is going to shut them down uh start the Steelers winning 29 to 13 shout out Owen White Owen I love you um next we have the New Orleans Saints four point underdog or four point favorites rather against the Carolina Panthers
0: Uh, I know that the Saints looked wonderful against the Packers, but I have the Panthers covering the spread here, 24 to 21 Saints, uh, but the Panthers being within that four points. Uh, The Saints offense looked really, really good, especially Jameis Winston. He kind of, against all odds, he threw five touchdowns, uh, not a lot of yardage, but he, he was scoring at a really high rate Uh, I don't know how much I expect that to continue. I think that Packers team was in fetal position from kickoff. They did not look good. Um, uh, So so I want to see them do this against more opponents before I buy into the Saints. Uh, I think their defense is a little bit overrated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was out of his flow last week. Uh, I still have confidence in him, but uh, again, I, I would like to see them do something similar against an offense that hasn't had as many chemistry issues as the Green Bay Packers the Panthers offense wasn't fantastic by any means in week one but I still have confidence in them Um, as you said earlier the Jets defense held their own and I think um, I think that really showed Sam Darnold isn't a great quarterback in my eyes by any means I know he's had a bad situation but He hasn't really showed us any reason as to why he is good as as opposed to a plenty of reasons as to why he may not be terrible, but uh, that that's just not doing it for me. Um, I still think the Panthers offense can put up 21 points on the saints. Um, Overall, I think the saints are going to cool down. Uh, I do not see them sustaining this level of play. Uh, I still have them missing the playoffs. Uh, I am very open to changing that though. If they can play for these next maybe two weeks, if they can play at a level similar to what they did against Green Bay, I will very much change my take on the Saints missing the playoffs. For now, Saints are only going to win by three. Panthers are going to cover that four-point spread. Yeah, so I mean, obviously last
1: week uh, with the Panthers playing my Jets, I got to watch them a little closer, albeit maybe in a at least at the time of watching it, and not the most impartial view Um, but Carolina they looked they looked all right I think Sam Darnold his stats themselves aren't bad I think what you got to look at is he played much better in the first half than the second half the Jets really stifled them in the second half I believe Carolina only had a field goal in the second half (coughs) (coughs) sorry Um, but what I think I really forgot about Carolina and what a lot of people probably did too is just how much of a you know game changer Christian McCaffrey is 21 carries for 98 yards. Yeah, whatever. It's not like he had nine catches for 89 yards, which is just ridiculous. Like the way that he can impact a game in both of those facets, it's ridiculous. And it really like, I f- just, I forgot how much of a monster CMC is truly and especially fantasy wise, like shout out my five winning fantasy teams this week. That was pretty awesome. Uh, but they, overall, the Panthers look solid, I think it's hard to know what we have with their defense. You know, it's young and fast, but also when they played a Jets team that couldn't block air, Um, like I don't know what entirely to make of their pass rush and their overall defense. Um, But I think in general, Carolina is a competent team. Um, I think they look fine. And when it comes down to it, I think the Saints looked really good. And I, look, I took the Saints. Not a lot of people agreed with me, um, which was fair. You know, the Packers, the proverbial, you know, they're Packers are a good team. And I think we'll talk about it when we get to the Packers. Packers are probably still a good team. Um, uh, but even I didn't see the 38 to 3 thing happening. Uh Jameis Winston, I'm a Jameis believer. I've I've made that pretty clear. And I think uh I think that he's gonna continue it. Do I expect him to have five touchdowns with only 148 passing yards? Probably not. But do I think in general he's gonna continue to be efficient, make good Good plays, um, spread the ball out, let Alvin Kamara do his thing? Yeah, I do. Because um, when you look at the log for New Orleans, a concern about them right now is that they don't have a bona fide top receiver or even really second receiver for that matter. Um, but he was spreading the ball around, got it done. They were able to rotate guys in and out Deontay Harris, uh, the rookie tight end, Chuan Johnson, other tight end, Adam Trotman, Marcus Callaway. They have plenty of options on top of obviously Alvin Kamara. Um, and so that, that lack of a top receiver hurts, but I think in general, I, I'm believing the way that James played. I think that, um, I don't think he's going to go, you know, turnover free forever, but I think with Sean Payton, he's a new quarterback in a lot of regards, um, take what the defense is giving him. It's not going to be the Tampa days where he's thrown for 500, but he's throwing five picks. Um, I, I like how the saints played last week. And do I know if that's going to carry them to the playoffs? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. But I think in general, they're, you know, especially when you have Michael Thomas back in the long run, but they have a better offense this year than what they did last year. And I think I love Drew Brees. Drew Brees was awesome. Drew Brees is awesome. But I think people kind of overvalued how good he was at the end of his career just because of how he played previously, which I get. But I think that James elevates this offense. And overall, I like the Saints. Uh, I have them covering 30 to 24. Um, next game, we have the Denver Broncos six-point favorites on the road against Jacksonville. A lot of road
0: favorites this week. Um, this one, I think, rightfully so. Uh, I have the Broncos destroying this spread, winning twenty-eight to ten. Uh, this is this is probably this and the Niners game are probably the two most confident spreads that I'm taking. Um, when we filmed our season predictions podcast. I said, also, if you guys I don't, didn't
1: listen to that, like if, if we're, we've referenced that a lot, if you didn't listen to that, you got to go back and listen. There are four parts. <laughs> yeah,
0: you have well, plenty of
1: time. You can, you can,
0: you can pause now. Pause now. Go listen.
1: Yeah. We'll now be here. back. Pause now. now. Back. You can come back. We'll be here.
0: <laughs> okay. So like I was saying, um, I was not happy with that Urban Meyer hire. I think he is, I don't think he's an NFL caliber coach. And I, he proved me right. Uh, but, but to an extent that I thought was not even imaginable. He was – I am willing to call him the worst coach in the league thanks to that game. That was so bad. I think I could have given the Jaguars a better chance to win that game. He with – the, with their rookie quarterback in his first game, he threw 50 passes. They ran the ball 14 times with James Robinson, who, in my opinion – was a top five running back last year. That is so bad. That is so bad. They should have destroyed Houston. When we were predicting our records, I had Houston at two and 15. Jeremy had him at one and 16. Granted, Houston looked better than I thought they were going to look, but the Jaguars had no excuse to lose this game other than Urban Meyer's an idiot. That was one of the worst coach games I have ever seen. Um, If they're going to do anything like they did this week, That they did against Houston. Denver's defense is so much better than Houston. I'm being generous with the score right now. This is evolutionary urban Meyer losing by 18 points. If they, if they have a similar game plan up against Denver, they are going to get slaughtered. I cannot emphasize that enough slaughtered. Um, This is an easy win for Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked good. Uh, Giants don't have a bad defense by any means he I thought Locke should have been the starting quarterback and I think Teddy proved me wrong Teddy Bridgewater is he looks like their guy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge it after one game that intensely but he looks like he is going to be that guy in Denver um I have all signs pointing to a Denver blowout and I'm gonna leave it at that I concur and I, I won't
1: I feel bad with how much we're agreeing, but, you know, usually we have a good amount of healthy disagreeing. Um, Long story short, Jacksonville looked horrible. I don't think you could have looked worse than the way that they look. Trevor Lawrence, he made some throws. He looked good at times, um, but three interceptions, you know, kind of a welcome to the NFL. And just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what James Robinson did to piss off Urban Meyer to the point where they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. And then after Travis Etienne got hurt, he gets less carries than Carlos Hyde. But, like, I I just – that made no sense to me. Um, I don't see it at all with this Jacksonville team. And I I think that uh, Denver looked pretty impressive. Um, They did their job. I think Teddy B looked really good. And the injury to Jerry Judy is unfortunate. Um, but the way that it looked, I think they're probably fortunate that he's expected back this year. When I first saw that play, I didn't think we'd see him for another year. Um, overall, though, I just I I, I don't even want to go over it that much. I think Denver, like you said, rightfully so, six-point favorites. I think they'll kill him. 34-17 Broncos. Uh, next Minnesota Vikings on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are four-point favorites.
0: Um, and I have the Cardinals covering this spread. I have them winning 28 to 20. Uh, Cardinals played the Titans last week and there were very few complaints about this team. Kyler, uh, I, I think if the MVP race ended right now, I think Kyler would win granted one game sample size. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge that too objectively, but he looked really good. There was one throw in mind where it, it looked like Steph Curry shooting a step back, but it was like a 50 yard off his back foot. And, and they scored off of it in the back of the end zone. That was he, he threw that ball about 60 yards across the field. It, that was one of the best throws. In my opinion, that was the best throw of the week. Um, Kyler Murray looks really good. Uh, the Cardinals front seven is also the real deal. They, they destroyed Derrick Henry. Uh, Chandler Jones with five sacks. Tannehill wasn't going anywhere. And I was high enough on this Titans offense. or I, I was really high on this Titans offense, still am. I think this almost entirely speaks to just how underrated this Cardinals defense was going into the year. They, they look really good, especially that front seven. Um, the Vikings coming off a disappointing loss to the Bengals. Uh, I think no other way to put it. They should have won that game. Their defense looked very underwhelming. Um, I know I said earlier, the Bengals really disproved my takes about them, but um, I, I did the, the secondary did not look very good at all. If if Jamar Chase is burning you that bad, um, th- there's clearly some issues. So uh, we'll see if they can bounce back this week, but that game is not giving me very much optimism. Uh, they need to step it up, the Vikings, or they could find themselves starting off 0-4 to start the season. So they've got they, – they lost to the Bengals – They've got the Cardinals this week, Seahawks next week, Browns the week after. That is, if they play anything like they did against the Bengals, that is an easy, easy way to start off 0-4. I was higher on the Vikings than this. I I think they'll step it up. And uh, if they want to keep playoff hopes alive, they better. But um, uh, the Cardinals really strike me as the better team. So I'm going to be taking them here. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals looked,
1: you know, once they got in their groove, they looked flawless, really on both ends. Tyler Murray looked like I think a lot of us expected him to, you know. Um, he looked like how he was playing last year prior to when he started playing through some, some nagging injuries. Um, obviously, you know, they're not going to be a ground-and-pound kind of team, but they even they were fine running the ball with Edmonds, Connor, and obviously Murray's uh, legs. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, look, every like you know, every time I watch Cardinals game, DeAndre Hopkins is just doing something ridiculous. and every even the simplest of catches, DeAndre Hopkins is just so good, and it's unfair. Um and a good game from uh, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore getting involved in it. i I loved what I had to see from that offense. I didn't have that many big doubts about their offense. But holding the Tennessee Titans, who Mister Jackson Power is dubbed as the f- team that will break the offensive, you know all offensive records, partially because we have another game this year, breaking all the offensive records to thirteen points. You know Derrick Henry fifty-eight yards, no touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill not looking good. I mean, look, I think that can it go it can go both ways, and you can say that Tennessee didn't play well, but you also. Tennessee doesn't just score 13 points against a pedestrian defense because they beat themselves up. Got to give credit to the Cardinals and talk about a week for Chandler Jones. It's only week one, but I don't think we're going to see a better defensive performance. Um, Arizona looked great. Minnesota, on the other hand, I, you know, I think that they, I came into the yard, I think I had them at eight or nine wins pretty mediocre somewhere in the middle Um, and their issues. They just played to their level of competition. They really did that against the Bengals. Um, it, you know, their offense, I think their offense will be fine in general. Like, you know, I think Kirk's fine. Um, I think I'm not concerned about Dalvin in the long run. Uh, but I just do they have it? feels like in this matchup, the Cardinals have that it factor, and it feels like they're riding the hot hand, they're feeling good. Um, I mean, just that that was a brutal loss for the Vikings. It's going to be hard for me to take them here. I'm taking the Cardinals, uh, 38 27. Uh, we've got the Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next, Buccaneers thirteen
0: point favorites. All right. Before I get into this game, I would like to clear the air about that Titans take. Uh, I do not think they are going to beat every offensive record. Um, I my my take was that they are going to break the yards record in a season as a collective offense thanks to that seventeenth game. I would not have made that take if that seventeenth game didn't exist. So before. People come slandering me for thinking that the Titans were going to have the best offense of all time. Uh, I I had to correct my take a little bit there.
1: Yeah. Now uh, the, 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 the good fo- thing, Jackson. <laughs> before I'll just interrupt you once again is that I don't think you'll have anyone coming after
0: you had you not clarified that. But respect for. The yeah. I just I I had to make sure that that no one was was predict. No one was thinking I predicted the Titans have the best offense ever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. Now for the Falcons-Buccaneers game. Uh, Buccaneers are 13-point favorites. I am usually not one to give the, the favorite the, the benefit of the doubt there. I think um, that pays off less often than, than it does. Uh, this time, I'm going in the opposite direction. I have the Bucs winning 35-13. to 13, Biggest blowout of the week. Falcons got their butts handed to them against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia's defense is okay at best. Tampa might have the best defense in the league. Like they, they are in for a very tough week if, if their offense is going to look similar to what it did against Philadelphia. Their offensive line couldn't block. Mike Davis was a running back I was high on. He was getting stopped at or before the, the line of scrimmage so consistently. Matt Ryan did not have time to get a pass off. This offense looked bad. And um, for those Calvin Ridley fantasy owners, uh, I think you can expect another bust this week. I'm not sure about the Falcons' schedule going in for the rest of the season. Um, they are going to have a very tough time against this Buccaneers defense. Uh, their defense did not look good. The Philadelphia is not known for having a very good wide receiving gore. I am I'm high on Devontae Smith, but, but Jalen Rager should not make this secondary look like it is bleeding. That they I think the Falcons will finish as a bottom five team in the league this year, Um, especially if their offense is going to look similar to what it did against Philadelphia. Uh, And with how good Tampa Bay's offense looked against Dallas, it, it seems like Tom Brady is still getting better as much as I hate to say it with how good they looked against Dallas. They are not going to disappoint against Atlanta. They are going to cover the spread and they are going to win 35 13. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is going to be a blowout.
1: Tampa Bay looked, you know, they looked great. I, You know, Dallas played them close, but I think that speaks more to the fact that I think that Dallas is going to be a solid team. Um, but, the, you know, they were clicking on all cylinders against a not-good Dallas Cowboys defense. They're going to be playing a not-good Atlanta Falcons defense. I'd expect more of the same. Um, the Falcons, I mean, that's tough getting bodied by Philadelphia, which is a game that going into it, you got to – you know, have some hope of that's a game where you expect to compete and they just got blown out of the water. It was almost over before it started. Um, and I just, I don't think that there's any way back from that. I think, you know, maybe you could look at spread just cause 13 is so big in the NFL. Um, but I, I'm taking the Buccaneers big blow 34, 16 bucks. Um, next we have the Tennessee Titans. Five and a half point
0: underdogs um, on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. So I don't know if you knew this, Jeremy, but uh, I will be at this game. Wow. Uh, I will be, I will be showing my support for, for my, for my Seahawks. Uh, th- this is my birthday present. I am very excited. Uh, I have Seattle covering the spread 38 to 31. Tennessee's offense looked disappointing against Arizona to say the least, but as I kind of touched on earlier, I think this says more about Arizona looking great than, than Tennessee looking underwhelming. I still think Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league. Um, I am all in on AJ Brown, Julio Jones. I think he's the wide receiver too in that offense, but he is, he's still Julio Jones. He's a great wide receiver. Um, I think I, I still think this offense is going to be great. Um, last week against the Colts, Seattle did a lot of things well on defense, but they did not look fantastic against the run game. They, as we said earlier, they didn't give up anything too explosive, but it was a lot of just consistent, like five to eight yard carries that never really broke off more than that. And that was coming from Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Uh, imagine what a guy like Derrick Henry could do. Uh, I think, as much as I hate to say it, I think Derrick Henry is going to have a really good game against Seattle. Um, one of the main problems we knew that was going to happen with Seattle's defense was secondary. And that almost directly stems from starting cornerback Trey Flowers. He was getting, he, he couldn't keep up against Indianapolis and their wide receiving core is not stacked by any means. If we're going to, if, if Seattle's going to end up throwing him on Julio or AJ Brown, it's raps. He's he's not going to be able to to keep up with them. Um, this is going to be a high powered offensive game, but Seattle looked like the better team in Week One. Uh, I'm going to give them the advantage. My hot take about this game. It's not even really that football related, but uh, during our Super Bowl year, Seattle set the record for the loudest crowd. Uh, it ended up being broken. Uh, about two years later, but we set the record for the loudest crowd with 139.1 decibels. This is the first home game in Seattle since 2019 with fans. Um, the, the 12th man is going to be there. The crowd is going to be loud. I bet we break that record. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be, I'm I'm not going to have a voice by Monday going into school. I'm not going to be able to talk. But um, that that is my hot take about this. My weird hot take about this game is that Seattle is going to break the record for for total decibels at an NFL game.
1: The Jackson Powers effect, um, hard hard to deny it. Um, I think this is going to be a good game, Tennessee, Seattle. Um, The first thing that I'll say is if you had Mr. Chester Rogers as the leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans last week, if you predicted that, good on you. Um, please tell me this week's lottery numbers because I certainly didn't. But I don't think I don't expect to see a lot of the same from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think that they're going to pick it up. And in general, you mentioned Derrick Henry um, had a tough day against Arizona, but I think uh, it's a super good opportunity this week against uh, not the strongest of run defenses in Seattle. I think we're going to see a big game from Derrick Henry. I think Tannehill is going to you know look better. I think that in general, Tennessee's offense is going to get closer to where we expect it. Um, And I really think that this is a pretty even matchup. I think, you know, Seattle looks pretty good week one. I think they took a pretty solid Colts team and and dominated them. They got, you know, they had their way offensively. Chris Carson had a great game. Russell Wilson had a great game. You know, defensively, they only surrendered 16 points. They weren't giving up the big plays like we mentioned. Um, So when it comes down to it, I think super even, but – Being at home mixed with the momentum following, you know, that win. Um, I think that's really just honestly, if nothing else, that home field advantage is the kind of tiebreaker for me. Um, I have Tennessee covering. This is, if you were noticing, this is the first time I'm taking the underdog, albeit not outright this week. Um, 31-30 Seahawks. Um, I guess, you know, I, I guess I'll be rooting for the Seattle Seahawks this week because, our friend Jackson is in attendance, but I will put on my Tennessee Titans hat for the remainder of this episode. Uh, that's unfortunate. At least you're rooting for Seattle. I'm rooting. Go go, go Hawks. Um, yes,
0: there we go. That's what we like to hear.
1: We got three games left. Uh, the next one being the Dallas Cowboys uh, hitting the road to Los Angeles. They are three-point underdogs against the Los Angeles Chargers.
0: So this is one of the rare. Um, the favorite is not covering the Spedicor spread occurrences. Um, and I think this might even be my only upset against the spread. Uh, I have the Cowboys winning 28 to 24. Their offense is too high powered right now to lose to a defense that is as mediocre as the chargers. The Bucks secondary didn't look good by any means, but they are in the conversation for best defense in the league. They looked really good. They shut down Zeke and Pollard, um, which brings me to my next point. Pollard supremacy. Uh my Tony take Pollard. On... We are a Tony Pollard podcast. Oh yes. Um my take on Zeke getting bench looked really good for me last game. Granted, the the run the run scheme was not as impressive against the Bucks as it wouldn't be. They're one of the best one of the best run defenses ever, but um if Pollard gets the volume this game that he did against the Bucks, then I am going to be very, very optimistic with my Zeke take. Um, he, he's just, he's not as fast. He doesn't break tackles as well. Not as good of a receiver. He did block well, I'll give him that. He was a very important part in the past blocking game, but um, he consistently is a fumbling issue. Um, I like Tony Pollard a lot more than I like Zeke. Um, the Chargers offense looks good. Their offensive line looks much, much improved. Uh, I think Slater, Rashawn Slater, had the best game of any rookie this year so far. He looked awesome. He very much held his own against Chase Young. Um, he, I, I think the Chargers have found their franchise left tackle. He looked so good. They also went out and got Corey Lindsley. I think Justin Herbert is going to be facing a lot less pressure this year. I know a lot of people are predicting Herbert to have a down year because it's a pretty common trend with second year quarterbacks, but this offense has done nothing but improve. I have yet to find a spot of regression in this offense. They, they look so much better than they did last year. All in all, there's going to be a close game, but uh, I think the Cowboys offense is too good to lose this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think these are two teams trending in similar directions. Um, the, I'll start with the Chargers. That you know, the game against Washington, it was it wasn't a perfect game by any means in, in a couple facets, but in general, that's a game that most years Charger, you know, the Chargers teams lose because that's just the Chargers are haven't been good in close games and in general are kind of just a cursed franchise that doesn't get it done. Um, but look, they 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 did it, and I think that was an impressive win over what I think is a pretty good Washington team Um, and I think offensively there's room for them to even improve going up against a tough Washington defense now they face a pretty easy Dallas Cowboys defense Um, I think look for Austin Eckler to have an even bigger game Uh, only had 57 yards and a touchdown and didn't get involved really in the past game I think we could even see some um, some receiving success for Eckler so I think the Chargers they're going to get it done I think they're going to score some more points offensively than they did but uh, ultimately, when it comes down to it, uh, even though they lost, Dallas really impressed me against Tampa Bay. And Dak just looked phenomenal. And that's not to say I, I love Dak. I had no doubt that Dak was going to be great. But 403 yards, three touchdowns um, against a really good defense, albeit, you know, the secondary got a little banged up. Regardless, that's incredible. The receivers were as good as advertised. And really was just a couple little things and even the controversial, you know, pass interference call or a non non-offensive pass interference call rather. Um, and Dallas is one and know beating the defending champs in general. I just like, I think their offense is the X factor. I think that the chargers probably have the better defense, uh, but Dallas just has an explosive offense and I'm taking, uh, I'm riding with them. This is my back to back taking the uh, underdog, but I'm taking them out right this time, 33 to 27 Cowboys. Um, And then that leads us into our Sunday night game, the Kansas city chiefs uh, three point road favorites against the Baltimore Ravens.
0: So now I'm coming back onto the trend where the favorite covers their spread. I have the chiefs winning 27 to 20. That offense is just too high powered. Uh, Obviously they look good against the Browns. I think the Browns should have won that game. They kind of beat themselves at the end a little bit there, but um, the chiefs offense is still really good. Tyreek Hill very much has an argument for the best wide receiver in the league. I have him at number two behind Devonte Adams, but um, I can, I can absolutely see the argument. I was high on the Ravens before all of the injuries. And I think that proved to be true last night against the Raiders they they did not they didn't look bad but they did not look near the standard that a lot of people are holding them to um I think the main thing that has killed them is the running back injuries and Tyson Williams looked good but when Lamar is forced to throw the ball a lot more the offense just doesn't move nearly as efficiently he is a better runner than he ah. I I don't know if he's a better runner than he is a passer, but he is by far the best running quarterback in the league. He isn't super prolific throwing the ball. And I think that's going to slow this offense down a little bit. Um, One of the other injuries that killed them, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey looked bad against the Raiders. He was getting burnt. He he's kind of known as the best tackling cornerback in the league. And, and he did not show that against Vegas. Um, I don't think I don't have much confidence in the secondary to stop Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Ravens' offensive line also looked bad, particularly Andrew Villanueva on that last play against the Raiders, where he decides to double team the interior rusher, leaves Carl Nassib wide open so he can perform that strip sack on Lamar. Um, I, as good as the Ravens are, they are. I think I'm going to have them as the best 0 2 team in the league, but. I just – the Chiefs are too tough of an opponent for them to, to – if they can't beat the Raiders, they're not going to be able to beat the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting matchup. I always look forward to when Kansas City and Baltimore play. Um, Kansas City, you know, close game against the Browns. The Browns are a good team, though. I mean, I think in general they played well. Patty Mahomes, you know, looked like Patty Mahomes. Tyree killed a Tyree kill things. Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Um I'd like to see them improve the run game a little bit. Uh, Clyde hedder 14 carries for 43 yards. You know, I think they'd like to see more more from that, but I think that can improve as the year goes along. Then the Ravens we saw last night, um, you know, they looked like a team that has just had a bunch of injuries, and that's unfortunate, you know, what that does um, to their running backs. And it's not even just, you know, the way they can have success with a number of running backs, it's not even that they need the best running backs, you know, they're, they're a heavy running scheme, but just running so low on bodies, you know, like Latavius Murray, there were definitely times where you could tell that he hasn't been with the team very often that he's, that he's new and putting that strain on Lamar. um, It's challenging, you know, he threw the ball 30 times, ran the ball 12 times. Um, It's hard. And you look, um, it, it was just a very incomplete performance for the Ravens. Uh, you know, defensively, I think you, you would have hoped for a little better, uh, losing Marcus Peters is tough. Um, I love Marlon Humphreys, one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but we've seen, we've seen better days for him. I think in general, super, super disappointing loss, but I, my overall, I still think that the Baltimore Ravens are a pretty good team that can compete. Um, I think that they're going to stick with Kansas city for the most part. Um, I don't think that they're going to win outright or cover this three points, but I think that they'll keep it interesting, uh, keep it close, but ultimately it's hard to go against the Patrick Mahomes factor, especially when you have um, the weapons of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill against an ailing defense and just an ailing team in general. Uh, So I have the Chiefs winning 31-25. to Uh, Brings us to our final game Monday night,
0: Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. The Packers are 10.5-point favorites. So I have the Lions covering the spread this time. Uh Packers still getting the win 26 to 21. Uh I think like I said before, the Lions comeback was all kind of against the the Niners second and third string team. But I think they look good enough that I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this spread, especially especially with how bad the Packers looked. Um, they, like I said earlier, they were kind of in fetal position the whole game. Uh, that defense was not stopping Camara or Jameis Winston. Uh, Aaron Rodgers turned the ball over a couple times. I, I but I do think, um, I think Aaron Rodgers is getting a little bit too much hate for that game. Uh, one of his interceptions wasn't great by any means, but the other one was just an arm punt when they were pretty much in their own end zone. Uh, I have confidence for him to bounce back this game especially against the defense of the caliber of the detroit lions so uh i i i have the packers taking this one uh i think that adams and rogers connection will kind of re-establish itself this week uh, i know it was pretty weak last week aaron rogers only got me 1.3 on my fantasy team this year uh, or this week um but i i think he'll do better uh DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are both getting very heavy loads at the running back position. I saw some debate whether, oh, Swift is their guy, or no, they went out and got Jamal Williams. They are both getting running back one volume, and clearly it's working because they, they nearly mounted a great comeback against San Francisco. Uh, but all in all, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to reassure people that he did not hold this organization at gunpoint to look like a bottom 10 quarterback. He's going to come back uh, and they're going to win this game.
1: Yeah. um, I do have the Packers winning as well, but I, I think that they're going to kill them. I think that Detroit, you know, we, a lot of their comeback was kind of a facade and a product of it just being garbage time and just getting to a little too close for comfort comfort for the 49ers. Um, but the Packers, it was bizarre. It felt like it was almost like a preseason game in the sense where, like, Aaron Rodgers just kind of looked like he was phoning it in. Uh, running wise, you know, Aaron Jones had five carries for nine yards. You know, we got Kylan Hill had five touches. Aaron or AJ Dillon had four touches. That was, it was just bizarre. But I think that um, if there's a team that you want to face to kind of click, it's, it's a team like the Detroit Lions. Um, who, you know, they gave up 40 points to a 49ers team. That's not bad offensively, but not as prolific or as talented as Green Bay is. I think that Aaron's going to find his form. But mainly, I I think, and I also hope that they look at the run game, establish the run um, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think that this is a big opportunity for a big week for them. Um, and then, obviously, the, the, the Devontae Adams factor. There's no one on that defense that can come close to covering Devontae Adams um i just i i don't see it i think that the packers are going to mainly have their way offensively and then on the flip side uh i i don't i don't see it with jared goff against a, a respectable packers defense i just this game doesn't give intrigue me i i know the packers looked bad last week i know the lines made it close um but i, I have the packers in the blowout 38 20 pack and yeah those are our predictions for this week. Um, good slate. This was uh, this was our first NFL one this year. We had college football two weeks ago with uh, Jackson Francois. Last week, we took off because, you know, stuff happens. Scheduling happens. This week, we got NFL done with my guy, Jackson.
0: How are we feeling? We're feeling good. We're feeling good. I'm, I'm I like my takes. Uh, and we're gonna see we're gonna see how it all plays out. I am ready to single-handedly start another Beast Quake warning in Seattle. Uh, this game, I am super excited. I can't stress that enough. Uh, for last Seahawks game I went to, we lost it. Was, it was the game after Drew Brees tore his ligament and, and Teddy Bridgewater started his first game after being a backup, and we couldn't do anything against him. So I'm looking for for some redemption as a Seahawks fan, hopefully we can go down and take down Derrick Henry and the Titans. But uh I'm excited. Yeah, a little beast
1: beastquake what is Derrick Henry running this time?
0: <laughs> no no, it'll be uh it'll be DJ Dallas.
1: DJ Dallas?
0: King king of the Seattle backfield.
1: Not not San Diego State legend Rashad Penny?
0: Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> it's no D, it's DJ Dallas time. Good to hear. Good
1: to hear. Okay um so we're through that um jackson this is the time where i ask you for your shameless plugs
0: nfl hot takes 03 on tiktok
1: nfl hot takes 03 on tiktok follow it up um you'll hear him uh what can you expect from nfl hot takes 03 you can hear him talk about how
0: hmm
1: he was a fan of marquez calloway how he doesn't like Zeke, how he doesn't like Josh Jacobs. There was, there um, was a,
0: there was a Jamar Chase video in there. There was a video of why Christian McCaffrey is not a top five running back in the NFL, which uh, yeah. that one got, that one got some backlash.
1: Hey, all publicity is good publicity, Jackson. It's true. Man. It's
0: very true. Um, you know,
1: follow him for the hottest takes on TikTok. Um. Uh, me wise, y'all, you're obviously listening to the Red Shirt podcast on Spotify. Thank you, guys. Um, check out the blog, theredshirt.wixsite.com/backslash/home. Uh, that's where you'll see our articles. I'll post my predictions in blog form uh, around the time that this goes up. Uh, the Instagram at the dot That's where I'm posting updates of when blogs and such uh, podcasts are up. Uh, the Twitter uh, at the Red Shirt blog. Some sporadic tweets of new blog posts, uh, podcasts, or, you know, just watching sports, giving my observations. Um, and yeah, that'll just about conclude this episode of the red shirt podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in.